one of the things I love about TCP is the multi-generation piece. Like to be able to go to somebody who is who is wise and has done a lot of life has been so valuable to me. Welcome to the Crucible Project podcast. The Crucible Project is a nonprofit organization committed to creating a world of men and women who live with integrity, grace, and courage, helping them to fulfill their God-given purpose. This podcast will discuss important and sometimes difficult topics while delivering practical life applications with men and women who are currently practicing this work. We are igniting Christ-like change in men and women through experiences of radical honesty and grace. Welcome back to the Crucible Project Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jess Donovan. And today I get to have my friend Grayson Eggy on with me. I am stoked to hop into this conversation. So I won't take any longer with the introduction. Grayson, how are you doing today? I'm doing better than I deserve, Jess. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> I'd say that's probably a pretty good way to say it. Yeah, I'm glad to have us here as well. Um, I actually got to meet you a little bit before this summer, uh, and then we got to come and work together before we actually worked together this summer. So I'm excited. I appreciate who you are, but would you go ahead and just tell people who is Grayson? Like, what is life like for you right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my wife and I, uh, we've been married this will be four years this year. We have a, uh, our daughter just turned one. So she's the first in our family, first on both sides of our family. So recently a new father, we have two dogs that we adopted. Um, and we live in St. Joseph, Michigan, uh, which, you know, Michigan covers a large space. So we're, mm-hmm. we're actually about two minutes away from Lake Michigan from the beach, uh, awesome. which is a really beautiful area to be. So, um, yeah, we uh, just experiencing a lot of life change, career changes, and just, you know, everything that comes with in the decade of the, the 20s. Wow. Yeah. I mean, life change aside from having a one-year-old little girl is crazy. So married, one-year-old, doing all the things in life. You are probably the busiest person I know. Um, (laughs) But I appreciate the way that you balance all of those things. And so uh, go ahead and tell us, how did you get involved in your soul work journey? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, my journeys it's so different. So I I went on my initial weekend when I was 21. Wow. Uh, so that would have been 2016. Uh, and really what my dad is the one that invited me. So he went on a weekend mm-hmm. in 2016. So I mean, I don't even think it was a full year. I think it was maybe he might have done it very late in okay. 2016. So less than a year apart. And the reason why I was interested in going is uh, without going super deep into my story, my, my parents divorced in high school. Okay. Uh, so my dad had gone on a couple different weekends and, and, and he was experiencing some change, but he wasn't quite seeing what he was hoping for. And, and I wasn't experiencing any difference in him necessarily. Um, but when he went on this weekend, there was a significant difference when he came back. Like, wow. it was like, wow, there's new conversation. He's interacting with me in totally different ways. So I would have been a junior in college. Uh, and there was a huge difference. And so I was really interested in like, okay, what happened? But that still wasn't the reason I went. The reason I went is because I was involved with a lot of the leadership groups. I was involved with a lot of quote unquote successful people. And the issue was, is when I looked around, I never really saw anybody that I wanted to be like, like, and I didn't, wow. I saw a lot of people paying lip service and, and saying one thing and doing the other thing. And, 
were a lot of people who were successful, but their family hated them. Mm-hmm. And so it like, came at a cost. And so I really didn't feel like I had any role models to look up to, especially uh, in, the, in the Christian world, but I mean, just in general. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I went on this weekend uh, because I was tired of people saying things and not doing them, not living mm-hmm. in integrity and tired of this business successful lifestyle, quote unquote, that I have everything I need, but internally the worlds were on fire. So I was trying to find men who I believed could not only be successful in their business life or in their life, and but could also have a great relationship with their family. Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, what a journey, especially, you know, to get to first see that in your dad, like to finally go, okay, weekend after weekend, nothing is changing. And then for him to go on this weekend, and it's like this complete shift, right? Like yeah. internally, as well as externally. And I agree, like even in Christian circles, it is so hard to find people whose walk matches their talk or vice versa. And so to experience that for yourself, and I love that you said, like, I couldn't find anyone who I wanted to be like, Mm -hmm. and that is so much of this journey is trying to find these models and how we're supposed to walk. And, you know, especially as a young man, as you were and are like, that is a huge step into like, how do I become this adult that I want to be where this inside of me matches what's going on outside. Uh, And so I will say like my journey started similarly in like, I saw this integrity piece. It was actually in my pastor who went, but he had just shared how it was a, a lot of like character modification for him that was healthy and different than, you know, your average Christian man's retreat. So I was extremely curious and found that same thing for myself. And so, you know, both of us have taken a crucible journey where you don't have to step into leadership or step into staffing weekends or any of that. Luckily, as you start crucible, if you do a weekend and only want to do a weekend, that can be it. Uh, But for both you and I, we both kind of hopped on the leadership board really fast. And so before we were even on staff, I would say we came on you know, staff with Crucible probably like what, September, October this year? Yep. Uh, last year, yeah. That's yeah, right. That's right. 2022. And so, but before that, we had just met because we were asked to lead this breakout session together on next generation, on bringing soul work to the next generation. And so I love watching how God just kind of lined all of that up for us, you know, starting there, getting to work together now. But I was excited to talk about next generation stuff and it kind of just launched this whole new passion in that um, we joke that we're the two youngsters on staff, we're the two (laughs) 20-somethings. And so one thing I do appreciate about Crucible, especially with our executive director, is that he has been passionate about wanting to hear younger voices in the soul work space. And I will say like, a downside, what feels like a downside, just real talking it to Crucible is that often what you'll see is more of a middle age crowd. Um, And so it can be hard as a young person 
to find our way in there. Like the fact that middle-aged people are doing their soul work is incredible. We love seeing that there's growth at any age, but I know that at the beginning and sometimes still I can struggle with being a younger person stepping into soul work when I think we need it. So before I go off preaching on, you know, all of uh, <laughs> all of my thoughts with that, I'm curious like why do you feel you were approached in the subject of next generation soul work? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, ditto to everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can go. But one thing that you and I have always talked about is not necessarily finding out why people are saying no to not mm -hmm. go on it, but why have they said yes and why have they continued to be a part of it? Yeah. And I think the reason I was asked is because this has really become a lifestyle. And I don't mm -hmm. mean like crucible has become a lifestyle for me. It's soul work has become a lifestyle for me. It's something that my wife and I have adopted. Uh, you know, my wife went on a weekend uh, on a different weekend, um, but continuing to do our work over yeah. and over again. And it's not like we've made it. We have obviously the journey never ends right, and right. we'll continue to be in the process, but like just recognizing, I have no idea what I would have done without this. Like I have no clue how I would be able to communicate in the way that my wife and I can communicate and to do life and to have words to put to my emotions and yeah. to like deal with this, like the post-college years, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is like, okay, so you go through high school and then you get to college and you're all excited and all this hope and then real life hits and you're like, well, now what? And so really what it seems like is the 20s are like kind of spent picking up the pieces or trying to figure out who you are, where you belong. Uh, my world is very much in the hustle and grind culture mm -hmm. it was like build, 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 you know, more money, faster, uh, more leadership, more power, whatever it is. Um, and I just realized that wasn't wasn't necessarily the right way to go. Mm -hmm. And I, so I think that's why I was able to be on there. It was just like I've intentionally chosen a different way to do life. I have seen benefit. It didn't seem like I saw a lot of benefit, but yeah. as I'm yeah. looking back over like the last uh, what has it been? Six years. That uh, significant change, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without this. That's no huge. That's huge. And I will say, you know, one of the comments that, as we've talked, I think we've both heard this um, is, you know, why do you need crucible as a young person? Like nothing's gone wrong for you yet, right? But you know, as you said, we are as twenty somethings. We're in that stage of life where. There are these different pieces going on that are significant and you don't have to be 50 something to have dealt with life. Like, as, you know, as you mentioned, like your parents were divorced in high school. Right. And so like similar experience for me and we have all of these different pieces that we have to deal with in our journey. So I personally am grateful that you also started as a young you know, young 20 something. Um, but I am curious as, you know, you have done crucible with other 20 somethings. Um, what have you heard from men doing soul work in their twenties? So I know your personal experience has been powerful and beneficial. Um, but what has that communication been like as you've talked with other 20 somethings doing their soul work? Yeah, it's a tough well, it's such a gamut. So like without going into individual stories, of course, mm -hmm. you know, you alluded to this before. And I think this is a really important point of why are so many Redwoods or people who go on, men and women who go on these weekends tend to skew older is because 
think for many people, they have to do life wrong long enough until they get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And so they're at that point. Mm -hmm. And really what I see with the 20 year olds is, yes, we've done a lot of life and there's a lot of things not working, but there's this resiliency and this stubbornness and this challenger that's, well, I'm going to figure it out still. So for, for some, it's just, it's not that it's a no forever. It's just, Hey, it doesn't make sense for me right now. And I don't really know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But where it has fit for many is really come in the form of communication and help. Like that's really the feedback that I've gotten where without TCP, I wouldn't have been able to explain like what my emotions were. Now, do I know how to do that? How to keep growing in that? Not necessarily. And and to be honest, geography has been hard. A lot of the 20 year olds that I know that have been really interested all live pretty far away. And so when you're looking at early 20s, young family, Mm -hmm. um, lower income levels early in the career, like that certainly is a block for a lot of them. And what's sad is they assume that because they don't have a lot of money, they can't go. Yeah. Yeah. And they assume that there's not opportunities. And I'm, and I'm telling people that if we do not want finances to be the reason mm-hmm. you don't attend a weekend or don't do your soul work. Totally. Totally. But that is one of the most common ones that I, that I hear. And the other is just that is because hey, there's not a lot of people like me in the mm-hmm. same age bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I love about TCP is the multi-generation piece. Yeah. Like to be able to go to somebody who is, who is wise and has done a lot of life has been so valuable to me, mm-hmm. um, to learn from, but because, you know, we've grown up in different eras and have different experiences, there is something also to being able to do life with somebody who is relatively the same age and being able to relate to the same experiences. So really those are the two biggest barriers that I've seen. Uh, for more people getting into the work mm. who are younger. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think a piece like that is helpful for someone listening to this podcast who has never done a weekend before, you know, because so often that is what we hear, right? Like it's it's too expensive. How would I make that work? Like, and there are options. Um, but what would you say to someone who is listening to this, who is like, I want to get started in soul work. I don't even know what that looks like though. Like where would yeah. you point them? Well, I would point them to to a weekend or I would I would point them to reach out to somebody in Crucible, whether it's on the website or through social media. There are so many people who are who wanna see a difference, who who wanna help you make they they can't make the choice for you. Uh, and what I always tell people is if you want to work on yourself, we will find a place for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it takes. And and the other thing I always tell people when they ask me, you know, is the weekend worth it? And I say, well, when I went on Friday, I was one person. Mm-hmm. And when I come back on Sunday, I'm another person. So I can't guarantee you that you're going to have the same experience. But I know for me, I was not the same person when I left. Mm-hmm. I didn't have everything figured out because the world hadn't changed. And right. you know, my life hadn't right. changed in three days. But at least now I actually had like a community and a plan for how this might happen. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And I think that's a huge reason why we go on weekends, right? Is we feel stuck. And so we can't get unstuck if we aren't willing to do the work, you know? Like, I think, I just think of the passages where Jesus is like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be healed? And someone's like, oh, Jesus, I'm stuck. I'm sitting here. I yada, yada. I've been stuck forever. And he's like, that's not the question I asked you. I asked, do you <laughs> want to be healed? And I think yeah. a lot of people 
can, and you know, money's a real thing, right? So like money, where we're at in life, like not feeling available. But again, we're not going to get unstuck unless we are willing to get unstuck. And so a lot of that is our own our own decision. And I, I love what you said about 20-somethings, like having this resilience. Like I think there is a lot of life, you know, that we have experienced. Um, and so I also love, though, that you had mentioned how Crucible is so multi-generational. And it's cool to even think about how you said, like, yeah, like I didn't have anyone to look up to at that time. Like I felt everyone that I was seeing was out of integrity. And what I love about the multi-generational piece of Crucible is you're watching these older people who are dealing with their stuff. Um, Like, you know, life happens. And so you can watch them in the middle of the crap, but it's so cool to watch how they interact with it in a way that's different and not blame shifting. And so I found it to be hugely beneficial as I look up to, you know, these people. And I know you alluded a little bit to it, but what has that journey been like for you as you've stepped into this multi-generational soul work? Yeah. I'll get emotional probably when I start talking about (laughs) it. Um, And just the reason is I have just, I have so much respect Mm -hmm. for people who are doing this and they're the first in their family to do it. Mm -hmm. Like they're the first in their family to, to go on a weekend, to take a look at what is and what's not working in their life and, and to take action with it. Um, Like that is such a brave and courageous move to be the first. To me, there's nothing more powerful or exciting than thinking about how the actions that I make today can positively impact my daughter. I mean, that became much more real once we had, once we had our daughter, but even our daughter's daughter Mm -hmm. or our daughter's son, or if she decides to have kids or whatever, but like our future family Mm -hmm. is going to be different and, and has the opportunity to be different. I should say, I don't want to, I can't control everything. Right, so right. I can't promise it's going to be different, but I, I mean, we can do everything we can to, to learn and to grow. Um, and so, yeah, I just look up to so many men and women who have owned the mistakes that they've made mm-hmm. and who are choosing to live life differently. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very inspirational to me. It is. It is. And men who are 80. I mean, that's the coolest part of the weekend is like, <laughs> I don't really know if you've done we had, we, uh, you know, an 80 year old man for the first time lifted shame that he had from when he was five. Oh my god! I just gosh. can't tell. I, I cannot find another place that that happens. Truly, truly. And it's, it, it's just incredible. Yeah. It is unlike anything else. Right. And to, to watch it at any age is huge. And I think that, you know, whether you're a 20 something who's listening to this or whether you're 60 or 50 or 40s, like whatever stage you are in. Um, it is some of the gold of Crucible that it is multi-generational. But I will say, you know, like it's so sad to me that there can be that fear and disconnect between the generations. As we've talked about, Grayson, like knowing the gold that is in those older generations as well, knowing mm-hmm. the gold in our generations. And so as you and I kind of worked on this next generation conversation, what it what it looked like, we talked about how in this multi-generational soul work, 
we need to work on bridging the gap. And so as we look at this, you know, there's a gap that happens with approachability and accessibility in soul work happening. And so with the multi-generational piece, there's a gap because we have differing values and motivations. There can be things like misunderstanding or even different ways of communicating. Like we are growing up in a far different environment and culture than our parents were and grandparents Mm -hmm. and all of those pieces. And so, you know, between technology, misunderstandings there, Uh, It it can be difficult and tricky, but I also hear a lot of older people in Crucible saying things like, oh, well, I fear that if I reach a younger person that they're going to think I'm annoying or be like, why is this person trying to tell me, you know, uh, what to do, you know, or a lack of awareness of need. Like, as you said, we're in a very striving culture and so we can kind of look like we have it going on, but real talk, we all know we're a mess inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we <laughs> like we all need the help, right? Um, or maybe even there's a judgment of the other person doing it wrong. Like you shouldn't be on your cell phone so much. That's not the way to communicate, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or a dogmatic approach of like, my way is the way, you know, like, this is how we've done it for generations and this is how it's going to get done. And so there is this uh, gap that needs to be bridged. And so I'm curious, you know, as you look at multi-generational soul work, as you look at that disconnect, like what would you tell the older person who is maybe fearful or counting the cost of investing in a 20 something? Like what would you tell them at that point? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it's a start. It's 50-50. Mm-hmm. So it's 50% on, on the younger generation to to be open to learning mm-hmm. and to reaching out and to be teachable and to be humble and to be willing to learn. So without that, it doesn't really matter uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, that, for that one individual, right? But when you're talking like a mentorship type relationship, and I've been blessed, there's many relationships that I have in Crucible where men have taken me under their wing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reason why that's worked is one, they've recognized that, yeah, there is an age difference, mm-hmm. but I think there's parts of me that remind them of parts of them when they were younger yeah, and yeah. they want to support and they, and they want to help and they want to be able to give back. And so I would just remind, the one thing I really want to remind people is that Regard, you know, sometimes we talk about generations or ages, or you know, Generation X wants this, and Gen Z wants this, mm-hmm. and the Boomers want this. At the end of the day, we all want the same things. Mm-hmm. We want, we want love. We want to be loved. We want to be able to give love. We want to be a part of a community, right? So, regardless of what generation we are, or how old we are, like we will always be tied back to the same wants and desires. It, it can sometimes feel like, well, they're just so different. Well, they are. Yeah. In some ways, but they're like what they need and they want is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that can help just lower, lower the risk. It's just how they communicate and the way they communicate and what their interests are just probably a little bit different. But it's been really cool to see that bridge being gapped uh, in terms of things I can learn uh, from people who've walked before me and mm-hmm. then things that I can bring um, so there's a there's absolutely a humility portion on both sides uh, totally. to want to do that, but 
there was one man in, in particular, I remember he's like, well, why would, why would somebody who's 20 be interested in what I do? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you, and he was like, well, I rode my motorcycle across the country. I'm like, well, that's pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> what do you mean someone wouldn't be? I'm super interested. That yeah. sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and not that you have to do something like, extraordinary, but I think sometimes like we can discount ourselves. Like mm-hmm. every Redwood has value to bring. Yeah. And it's a disservice to not bring our gold in our shadow and share it with generations, regardless of what the age is. Mm-hmm. That is such a good word. Um, I think we are so worried about outside factors, the differing, you know, values and ages and whatever it is. But as you said, we are all human <laughs> and we all have this longing for connection, for a belonging, for love. Um for authenticity and yes to be known and seen and yeah 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 everything totally and i think even as we're a christian organization like we get to model what biblical relationships look like you know and so there were so many that bridged the gap even in scripture like you think of like a moses and joshua like moses Mm -hmm. was older joshua was he wasn't just following him. He was doing life with him. So the battles that Moses went on, like Joshua was standing there with him going, oh yeah, okay, this is how I fight. Oh yeah, this is how I trust God. And it wasn't just as we talked about at the beginning by the words that Moses said, like, I'm sure that was one thing, but he got to see him doing life. And that is so yeah. impactful or like a Paul and, and he invited him to come with. Yeah, That's what's cool. One had to, sh- one was invited to come with and and then he had to show up. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we get to both make that invitation, you know, whatever age we are, there are always people who are coming behind us and we get a choice on if we are going to invite or not. And on the other side, it is up to us to show up to, you know, the invites are there. Like, are we going to take them? Are we going to receive them? Um, yeah. That is definitely huge. As you're thinking about you know, I love that we're both forward thinkers and trying to drive the vision, keep it rolling. Uh, but how do you think that Crucible and even just soul work in general, like how can we engage the next generation well between accessibility, like making it even relevant? Like what do you think that looks like? Yeah, that's a great question, Jess. And I wish I had an exact answer for you <laughs> uh, as you and I have continued to play it out. Yep, uh, so yep. I don't have a direct answer. I, I think one of my one of my mentors shared with me the most powerful thing, one of the most powerful things we can do is to share our story. Mm-hmm. And so really that's the route that I've chosen to go on is, and I've been amazed at how many opportunities when I'm conscious about it, mm-hmm present myself uh, and granted I'm around a lot younger people because of my age. Yeah. Um, so that is a factor. Uh, so it requires courage on my part to reach out and to, and, you know, not say, Hey, this is my life story, but you know, I hear comments all the time of someone who's struggling with a lot of anxiety. I don't yeah. know what to do or the weight of life is just so heavy and I don't know where I'm going. Like those are some things that I can speak into and just see them, Totally. not give them advice or tell them what they need to do, but just to say, Hey, you know what? I totally get it. And I felt a lot like that too. And what I decided to do about it was this. Mm. And so there's a way I I think that we can create invitation without giving advice. Like that to me is one of the biggest, was the biggest fear for Mm. me when I was younger was, okay, if I go in this organization, my experience in the past has been whenever I have a problem, 
I need to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like I'm told, okay, this is how you fix it. But when I was in Crucible, it was like, there were, there were much more introspective questions and just like, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want me to do anything. <laughs> right, right. I don't have to tell you like what I need to do next or how to get rid of it. And yeah, yeah. So I think as we look to just our stories will blend the generations. Mm-hmm. Will they align exactly the same way? No. But everybody on this, everybody who's listening to this can relate to loneliness, can relate to worry or anxiety or fear or weight on the shoulder or weight on our shoulders or what happens when crisis comes and how do we handle that? Everybody in life has to go through those things. Yeah. So I still believe the more we share our story, they will transcend generations regardless. So don't be afraid to share your story. That's probably not the right way to say it. Be courageous enough to share your story. Totally. Is a better way to say that. Yeah, I love that, Grayson. And I mean, I hope that that is something that can take pressure off to anyone listening. Uh, You know, because I think often we feel like if we don't have these huge immaculate ways of, you know, showing up that, oh my gosh, like I, I don't have the capacity to do this. I don't have the ideas to do it, but really it's, it's story sharing. Like you said, it's getting to go, Hey, let me share my experience with you. And, oh, wow. Yeah. You face anxiety too. Cool. I see you like what a huge, what a huge gift. And as you said, like everybody needs to be seen and to see like that is what we get to gift others. Um, So, yeah, I think that is so powerful and such a great way to start. Like if we just share our story with one person, what can that do, you know, for those around us? So, and really if we're living the life, if we're implementing the things that we say we want to implement and we're living the way that that we say that we live, like it's not something that I have to necessarily force and I'm not perfect. I make, I make tons of mistakes, but I've been amazed that the people who have approached me and said, Hey, I heard you say this. What is that about? Mm-hmm. And like, that's really opened more doors than anything else. It's just, is continuing to live and to do things that, you know, I believe are right. And all of a sudden conversations start opening up and I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, go sit next to the stranger at the, you know, bus stop or mm-hmm. wherever I'm at and try and make conversation. That's, totally. Like, they just happen very organically. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and that speaks to the integrity factor of it, right? Like when our walks are matching our talk, it is going to show up to the person who's in the cubicle next to us or the person who mm-hmm. is, you know, listening to what we do day in and day out, our neighbors. And so what a great word of, yeah, just show up authentically and keep doing your work, you know? So I know you've been working in soul work for a little bit, doing your journey. I'm curious, uh, what is your soul work journey like right now? So what are you currently stepping into and doing in that space? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, my world has really changed. Like a lot of the ways that I was doing life once we had our daughter completely changed. A lot of the like the time capacity and my ability to go do what I want when I wanted and not have to watch and make sure a one-year-old isn't like, she just gets into everything, yeah. right? And then making sure the dog is not getting into her toys and going to eat something that's going to hurt him. And, yeah, Right, it's just a much more demand life. And so I'm really having to look at the things that I still grasp on for hoping that they're going to be like this nice little life as John Eldridge says so like 
I, I recently have noticed like when I'm not able to watch TV when I want to, or actually sit down and have a cup of coffee and not have like everybody needs something for me. Like, and what's been uncovered is like, I've tried to make that my life. Like that's tried to become my escape mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that it's not working and yeah. that I'm drawing life from something that can't give it. Uh, and so that's really what I'm starting to step into, which is, which is really scary for me and exciting, you know, all at the same time. And the other piece that really, I think helped me move forward this year is I was so driven to accomplish and achieve. And I didn't realize that I was achieved. Like I was oriented towards that until I did the mission weekend Mm -hmm. this last year. And I realized that all my life had been like built on what I've achieved. Mm -hmm. And I never would have identified with that until I like wrote down those things. And wow. So what I realized is, you know, it's great to achieve and it's great to excel and excellence is good, but it's not life. discipline isn't life like it's a piece of it and you absolutely you don't need discipline Mm -hmm. for life but I was like very militant and like so accountable that it was suffocating my wife it was suffocating the people around me it was suffocating me so I am learning how to be kind and curious to myself Mm -hmm. instead of looking at myself being like you need to be better at x y and z wow wow and that's been a huge that was the biggest mindset change for me uh was how can I become more kind and curious to myself instead of uh, shaming myself for it? Yeah, man, that is great. And I love that you alluded to, you know, like you did your initial weekend all these years ago, but now even doing more weekends, more soul work, I think that curiosity, like you said, like it is a continued journey and we get to keep showing up to it um, with that open-handed posture. Like I don't, I think it's great self-awareness that you're like, yeah, no, I recognize that in these spaces, I grasp on for these things. Uh, We all do it, whatever that is for us, you know, whether that's Netflix or control or, you know, like you name it. Right. Um, And so getting to have that open-handed posture is huge. So man, I could keep going and keep asking questions, but (laughs) let me ask one final question. Grayson, if you have someone who is considering a weekend thinking like, why in the actual heck would I do that? Uh, Share with them, like what, what's the benefit? Like how has it benefited your life? Yeah. And I alluded to it before. I would, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea where I would be without it. Mm -hmm. Like, was Crucible solely responsible for all the change? No, because there were so many different things I was a part of, but it was the catalyst that gave me an opportunity to see that life could be done a different way. Yeah, And that's how I pose it. It, it, Sometimes I hear, well, go on the weekend and your life will never be. That's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. But what is true is you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn what is working and what what is not working. And then the best part is you have the opportunity to hopefully join a group and continue in a community and not have to do that journey mm-hmm. by yourself. You, you get to do it surrounded by other people who are, who are trying to do that too. So that would be my greatest encouragement is this is, an, this is an amazing opportunity for you to discover what life could be like. Totally, totally, that's good, yeah. And I mean, as you said, it's an opportunity and we get the choice on whether we are gonna step into it. So awesome, Grayson. I am so thankful for our time together today. Thank you for jumping on the podcast with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Totally. All right. We'll see y'all next time.
For more information about our weekends, please go to thecrucibleproject.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Rate and review wherever you are listening and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Also, don't forget to check out myjourneyto.com for your free two-week trial. That's myjourneyto.com. Thank you for listening.